Hello and welcome to Blogging Business Owner Podcast. I'm your co-host Chaitanya. And I'm your co-host Anna. It's good to have you here. This episode may contain affiliate links. And remember, this is not legal or financial advice. Now, let's start the show. Today we're talking about 30 small changes that add up to big success for blogging business owners. Now, I'm going to tell you that when we started our business, we did take into account SEO and working with our website and we were new at the entire thing. And we quickly realized that doing SEO and just keeping up with like website maintenance was just super overwhelming and that we you know it was just better to have some boundaries around that and we have now come up with a system where we are working on the website for an hour during the weekend and that works well um we've been doing really well with the website and it's been up and it's the first website we ever built and i think we're doing a pretty good job at it and and i don't feel overwhelmed anymore yeah initially when we started building our website uh we started with cloudways and wordpress uh dealing with cloudways and hosting um wordpress on cloudways was very easy and we didn't really have any problems on that side dealing with some of the issues on wordpress can be a lot of finicky and can take time sometimes so uh, it's better to have an allocated hour uh, sometime when you wouldn't get frustrated with some sort of issues that you see while working with a website it can be really small stuff that can like possibly irritate you sometimes so it's good to have a small duration where you work on the website get things done and then move on and as new content creators business owners online platform it would be really difficult or at least it was for us to identify what were the small changes that we can focus on that would give us the most amount of success because we did not want to spend a lot of time on it but we did want to see big results and we've summed it up to over 30 small changes that you can do and once you're done with the list you can start again and we've been doing this uh, in in addition to content maintenance every um, semester or so and so it's been working out for us so far so let's start with marketing solutions so some of the things that you can do for your business that are very small but give you high impact as far as marketing so as you know social media is free most of the time and you can promote your business in that way you can promote your products and your services some of the ways to do this is identify the social network that is going to resonate the most with your audience so for example if you're in finance twitter might be the best way for you if you are a content creator that maybe is in the food industry, Pinterest might be really well for you. So just kind of looking around at the different platforms and seeing which one you're going to resonate with your audience the most. Then you, after you determine that platform that's going to give you the most results, uh, then you want to think about your product and your service and how you can align that with the platform so that it can seem native to the platform and it could resonate with your with your audience then you want to create and schedule the content uh, that you want to share and consider that every day people want to see something fresh and so looking at your content calendar so that you are providing uh, that content every single day 
And cross promotion is a really great idea as well, because as you know, you're going to have people that kind of lean more into one social network and then they lean more into another social network. And so you want to make sure that you do have a preference and that you're cross promoting across all of these social networks, even though one of them is going to be your main target. So for example, for me, my main target is Pinterest, and that's the platform that I focus on the most. And I create a ton of content for Pinterest, and then I repurpose it for Instagram, Twitter, and all the others. But really, my focus is really Pinterest, and so you'll see that everything is really geared towards a native feel and look uh, for that platform. Using social media could be a really cost-effective marketing strategy that you could use to promote your products and services. While you're using social media to promote your products and services, consider automating your social media. What we mean by this is uh, there are a bunch of tools out there that you could use for scheduling content, posting content automatically at certain durations, generating content automatically from your previous uh, social media posts and blog posts and videos, stuff like that. Uh, I think it's called evergreen content. so there are different types of automations that you could do and we encourage you to try out these so that you can have a schedule that is free for your business that is like for content creation and rest of the stuff is handled by tools uh, which post at regular scheduled intervals. And you know technology just moves so fast and I think I've heard this morning that the only thing constant in technology is change. And so it is always you know important for you to be looking at different platforms because they're coming out all the time. So right now for us we balance recur posts with later. And while the honestly the first time I looked at the price of some of these you know automations i was it was it was stunning to me how much they can be per month or even per year and i really didn't think you know my business would benefit from the automations but really it it really works so i use recur post but you know they're because it's always changing it could be that in some seasons hootsuite is doing better and in other seasons you know maybe sapier has now had a new integration with somebody else or another business and so it's important that you're always looking for these solutions for your business and making sure that it works for you because it is overwhelming to look at your social media every single day and try to manually post all of the time high quality media probably is not going to happen all of the time. So it's great to have automation so that you do have content going on and that you do, you're keeping up with your Facebook group or whatever you, you know, your business is about. Uh, But, and then that you can put all of your focus into content that is high leverage. You know, another part of marketing is boosting your brand awareness. So making sure that people understand what your business is about and really your business, your brand is really the interpretation that people give to your business. And so you want to make sure that you're giving them language and colors and fonts so that they're associating that with your business. You know, a a big and classic example is Coca-Cola. So when we say that the image of, you know, red and white, print kind of comes to mind and then that uh, the feeling of Christmas time with the white polar bears comes to mind and so you know it's, it's like a warm family feeling that we have and also of luxury right and so 
that's not you know luxury is something that people are going to pay for like apple peloton cricket all of these are like luxury brands that make you feel good it gives you some type of status when you know when you think of that and so you want to make sure that you're positioning yourself in 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 the you know in the layer that you feel that your business kind of goes in uh, so that you know and make sure that you're promoting and boosting that brand awareness so some benefits of promoting your social media is that it's faster and easier communication you you know you can automate that you have networks and partnerships which um, you know if you have a high social media account or follower account then it's easier for you to get sponsored posts and, and just you know different things like freebies it also can increase your web traffic and that's why I you know prefer Pinterest because it does link to your website and, and there's other ways that you can do that too with other platforms but uh, that's that's the way that I do it but I know Twitter and LinkedIn are also like you can click on the links which makes it really easy you can get customer feedback Uh, you can do that through polls questions I know it sounds really complicated but just try it out these are just small little tweaks that you can make so at any point just kind of jot down the little things that you're taking from this podcast and then just do them just focus on one of them maybe what I do is 30 minutes every day of the weekend so 30 minutes on saturday 30 minutes on sunday and and that's it i just do it and then i step away from it because it, it is overwhelming and so it at least for me and the last um you know benefit of promoting your social media is also impressing potential customers because there is people that hang out in these platforms it is much easier to reach them in that way rather than seo especially if you are a new content creator in the online space another change that you could implement for your social media strategy is you want to share your content uh, across a lot of social media platforms to build uh, some reputation build some brand awareness in your niche and you want to do this sharing of your content effectively across social media and The more you are able to spread your content across different social media outlets, the more you gain brand awareness and reputation for your niche. And again, we're talking in broad strokes, right? So, for example, my topic of blogging and online businesses, it is so wide and can really be adaptable to all of the different platforms. But if you're in a niche like finance and or like stocks, then probably a balance between like a newsletter and Twitter might be enough and it might not even translate to an Instagram, right? Because there's not so many visuals that you can put, you know, other than graphs, but that's not really what it's native to the platform. The platform of Instagram is more of like visuals, right? Like mommy blogs and family blogs and even mine, you know, the the blogging theme, so really think about your niche and think about where you would where it would be most successful and, and position yourself there. So even though we're we are talking about looking at social media and different platforms and cross promoting, yours can be so concentrated that your cross promotion can be medium and 
Twitter. That could be your cross promotion, and then just really concentrate on that. Find out what works for you.、Um, not you know, not all platforms are for everybody, and some of them honestly like go away really quickly. Like we saw with Clubhouse、uh, when it first came out, and only you know Apple users were able to、uh, tap into the platform. It was super popular. Everybody wanted to get into it, and now that they opened it up to Android, I feel like it just fizzled. Then nobody really, you know. Yes, there are people who are very successful in it, but there's other people who just, you know, like the Android users. We no longer look for it on the Play Store. We just kind of. Stop looking for it. Position yourself and your business in the best way, and you know one of the ways that you can really do that is if you are selling a service or a product, then you want to share testimonials. Even if you're not at the point of selling yet, but you have a podcast like us, and people are sharing that they're enjoying your content, or you know they're leaving great comments on your、uh, on your website or on your social media, and you want to promote. That I mean, I think that's really great way to, you know, start increasing that brand awareness and and making sure that you understand what other people are interpreting your business as. The point here is that you want to engage with your audience, and so the more that you can connect with them and kind of meet them where they are, the better it's going to be for your business. Another thing to keep in mind、uh, while you're building your newsletter, or if you have an email list、uh, where you're engaging with your audience, is you want to track your email campaigns. You want to look at different metrics、uh, about your emails, such as open rates, times、uh, that people have engaged with your emails, locations, as in like.、Uh, Where are where is your audience located? As well as click through rates, bounce rates, and like、uh, whether people are accessing your attachments and stuff like that. If you are using a really good email tracker, you probably have all this data available in your dashboard. So let's discuss like four critical metrics that you want to track with your email campaigns or your newsletter. So the first metric that you want to focus on.、Uh, With your email campaigns is、uh, return on investment. You want to gain detailed insights into your email marketing as far as the number of users that you're acquiring for the number of promotion campaigns that you're running on social media, the number of、uh, automations for social media that you're using. So you want to check how many users are actually subscribing to your products and services after all these、uh, motions. You want to measure these motions as well as turn them into actions. Uh, you might want to add call to actions. You might want to ask people to subscribe to your products and services. Also, while doing this, you want to keep track of how your newsletter or email campaign is doing. You want to look at how it was doing over a period of few months, a few years, a few days, a few weeks, and track your progress. You may want to observe some trends. Suppose, like、uh, your newsletter has a really good. Following during holiday times, that means that you know that you can optimize your newsletter to sell services, products, and services for holidays. 
as i mentioned earlier uh, the last metric that you should look at is how much revenue are you generating through your email like basically if you have a subscription newsletter uh, if people are subscribing and paying for your newsletter then you want to track how much revenue you're getting per month per week or whatever metric you're comfortable with you want to look at the unsubscribe rates how many people are unsubscribing from your newsletter and you may want to also look into why they are unsubscribing at the same time you may want to see how many people are clicking through your emails and not actually looking at them or just bouncing off and not engaging with your emails so you may want to identify the reasons for all these behaviors and you want to improve on those Email marketing campaigns can be a really effective way to engage with your audience, connect with your audience, give them regular updates. So you want to keep track of your email campaigns. Yeah, I think with email it's, you know, there there's a point where you're putting out content, putting out content, right? Especially with if you're if you have some type of log where people can go back and look at your, you know, your um newsletters so they're not just sent into you're not just creating right and they're not going anywhere like there's some type of record whether that's on your website or something like Substack or Medium where there's a record that is public so there's a point where you're going to put out content put out content and you know maybe after putting out three pieces of content four pieces of content you get one subscriber then that starts to narrow from a 4 to 1 right so four pieces of content to one subscriber to where it narrows to almost a 1 to 1 so where you're putting out one piece of content and then you're getting one subscriber you know that you're getting traction when you, when that ratio tips more into the subscribers than to the content or you put out one piece of content but now you have two subscribers three subscribers that is where you want to to be so you want to really make sure that you're listening because if if that starts to happen you know that you are resonating or your content is resonating with your audience and so there is something there that you know is really guiding your audience to want to consume your content so then that's where you know these metrics really come into into play because you want to understand what is it about these newsletters that they're really enjoying and it might just be you know your authenticity that you are really putting your true self in front of them and you're really giving them your opinion or you know whatever way that you're forming this and that they really enjoy that this is content that is you know kind of exclusive to that group of people that have subscribed and so that's i think that's a really great metric to see you know where your newsletter is now if you are a bit slower in getting into you know that rhythm that's okay too it it also gives you information about your newsletter not so much that you know it's it's failing or anything like that it's more so about the niche that you're in so thinking about you know how broad is this niche how many people are actually interested in it is this the right time you know it it's just important that if you're passionate about something that you keep going because you know like 2020 There was all these people that were bloggers way before, but then when 2020 hit, they all of a sudden all this content that they had accumulated really came into play because so many people were looking to do new ventures, right? To start a newsletter, to start an online business, to blog, and so on. And so they were able to, you know, use all the resources that they had built for 
you know, for some time, and they were able to really, you know, get the value out of them, you know, especially financially. So, you know, just work at it if you're passionate about it, and this is something that you, you know, you really believe in. It's important that you keep going, and you know, just looking at those subscriptions and email marketing is really important. Identify your target audience while you're doing this, and you might end up seeing that your target audience really reflects who you are. And so, really becoming you know in tuned with what your interests are and what your dislikes are is really important. Uh, I think finding that balance between the two, and it's not something that comes. You know, easily. Um, some people, I guess, maybe it does, but I think for most people, there's there is a learning curve, especially with platforms and learning just to you know how to express yourself through different mediums. So there's a theory in marketing that I want you to think about, and it might seem a little harsh at first, but it's called the pain agitation solution strategy. So the first part of this is you present the pain. So you empathize with what your, you know, your potential customer is wanting or needing, right? So for example, like automations with Zapier, you know, every every time I get a, a new subscriber on Twitter, I want to send them a DM a direct message to them automatically, you know, thanking them for subscribing. That might be something that would be really important for your business. That is the pain because, you know, you can't really be on Twitter all the time. So you need something to, you know, AI to be there for you. The agitation then is defining, you know, which aggravates the pain by stirring dissatisfaction and creating discontent. So what is it about it that makes that makes it painful for me? So it in this example it would be, you know, time and flexibility. I don't always have, you know, the time to respond when I get that notification of a new follower. And then the solution, which is the relief to the existing problem, which in this case would be Zapier, would be, you know, a way that I could do that. So this is a way to position yourself so that you can make those sales and you can close the sales, which is the most important part of this. This is one way of thinking about it. I I really like to use the pain agitation solution or the PAS, PASS, sales. So what I do is I sell, you know, a monthly subscription of captions and you know, I just I know what a pain it is to write captions. I get it. I was there. Now it's super easy for me to write captions and that is something that just it did take some time and thank goodness I had the time, but most people don't have the time to figure that out. And so I sell that service which for most people is a pain and so you know i just expose the pain the agitation and then i give the solution and that's how you know i i pitch my sales so here's the next tip and this one is going to take more about visualization and you might even go through one of your articles for blogs or for newsletters or even for a tweet you can do this and even a caption you can do this So think about a reader's mindset and now think about it as an inverted pyramid. You want to make sure that at the very top of that, you know, piece of writing of that copy, you have the most important information at the top because you want to make sure that people that you're getting their attention and they're sticking with you and then as you get you know 
more so towards the bottom, towards the bottom, that really, you know, it, it's kind of less important in a way. I mean, that is where you put your call to action, but it you are not putting so much emphasis, right? Because they have read that far. So you already have a captivated audience, but you really want to make sure that at the top, you have the most important information. So emphasize what it is, when, where, who, you know, all those opening statements, make sure that you put them right at the top so people understand what you're doing. So that means a great title, a great featured image, make sure that you have an awesome meta description, right? So all those things are right at the top and you want to make sure that they're attention grabbing. Add bullet points so it's easy for people to read. There's also the theory of the Z um, in reading, right? Where people scan in Z form and then they also scan in F form. So you want to make sure that, you know, that's just a reality. People are not not always going to read from top to bottom. And it's better if you make it as scannable as possible. So making sure you're embedding bullet points, you know, headlines, bold, italicis. So whatever it is that helps the reader get to the bottom of your um, of your post and wants to actually you know engage with it humanize it by storytelling i know that this is like a really hard part and and for me it's really difficult to do uh, but what i have done is that below the meta description i have a a short kind of like anecdote about me and how, you know, why this piece is important for me and what it has done and what it means. And that usually helps the reader to humanize what, you know, what I'm trying to talk about because so many things seem so intangible and, you know, just so far away. And so it, it's important to make sure that, you know, you're embedding that storytelling and engaging them with engage, engaging readers with facts so that they do see it as something that they can do in the near future. Make sure that throughout your piece or your YouTube video, you know, whatever you're creating, that you're showcasing your expertise and knowledge through the use of powerful words. So something like, you know, like we did today, 30 plus small changes for big success, you know, something like that. Because you know, these changes are actually not, you know, very big. They're very small things that you can do, but that are going to have a huge impact. Uh, I have all of these uh, articles linked in the blog. So, you know, stop by, at, you know, you can see all the links because it, this was actually really fun for me to write this small piece of the 30 plus small changes. I was so fascinated with just the theory of, you know, reader's behavior. Uh, and, and that really helps me to visualize the way that my content is, is kind of formatted so that I can engage the reader more. Another change that you may want to implement in your blogging business strategy is to implement sales and promotional strategies. We all have subscribed to an email newsletter to get a freebie of some sort or to get more information about something. Promotions can be a really good way. Uh, engagement from your audience, get their email and then you can connect with them more. Promotions can take the form of freebies, coupons for your products and services and you may want to keep in mind that whatever product and services you're providing after taking their email has to be of 
great value to them otherwise they are bound to not engage with your products anymore so you may want to keep that in mind while having these promotions another way to run a promotion is to provide some sort of a discount on your product or service suppose you have like a 20 dollar subscription to your newsletter so it might be worthwhile uh, to give some sort of discount on an annual subscription for your newsletter that way you provide an incentive for your users to subscribe for the full year and just reflecting on my behavior and also you know salesforce did a study and they found that 92 percent of customers will be convinced to buy a product or sign up for a service if they know more about it and i know that's true for me because i have so much access to information i want to find the best what is the best you know for me and for my needs and i often skip kind of like the the price and the name of it and i go straight to the ingredients or to you know how it's made or the company um mission and vision and and what they stand for right is it organic is it vegan is it uh cruelty free so you know like those are things that i look for and there's other things that i look for and there might be other things that you look for too maybe small business or black owned business and so you want to make sure you know people have access to this information and 92 percent have reported that being more informed is what helps them make decisions to purchase now i don't know about you but 77 percent of people out there and i count myself as part of them when i receive an email about a discount or about a new you know release i jump on it i really want to see and that is a marketing tactic is setting that timer and saying you know limited offer or you know for this time only those are things that i you know jump at and i think most people according to this 77 percent also feel the same way Needless to say, growing your email list is really important because this is a way that you're connecting with people who are interested in what you have to say and what you have to sell. So it's very, very, very important that you start an email list. And I know that this is something that people say all of the time, but really just start it and you can figure it out along the way it it, you know if you have nobody listening to you because you are on mailchimp or you know some of these that just kind of you know don't have a platform where you can speak and be discoverable think about starting on a discoverable platform first and then you could always merge over you know to to have some of these features that are just more advanced and more targeted so some of the things that you can do is you can add opt-in box boxes to your blog post. You can create lead magnets, uh, and this is a these are just kind of ideas. You can definitely, you know, I think there's this metaphor of like throwing spaghetti on the wall and just seeing what sticks. If anything overwhelms you, just take note of that and you know address it and find some way to be okay with it so for me i was trying to grow my free resource library and it cost me so much anxiety and so much stress that i just said you know what free resource library is not for me that's that's not what i'm gonna do so i tried it didn't work for me and that's okay 
you can use social media links in the sidebars or in the footers, and you can make sure you have, you know, an email me link on every page too, which is, you know, pretty easy to to embed as the footer. So these are just ideas, and seriously, pick pick a couple. You know, I hope you have your notepad out and that you're just writing little bullet points um, or print out the blog article and, you know, highlight what you think is, you know, the most important. We're going to move on now to search engine optimization. So what are some things that you can do with SEO that is going to help your website? This is huge, okay? I didn't know how huge this was, but optimizing your images. When I ran this article through SEO, it ranked pretty low because I didn't have anything about images and just writing about images boosted my SEO score by probably double. And, you know, this is something that people look for a ton. So let's talk about it a bit. So optimizing your web images is super, super important because, you know, you want to make sure that you're finding the right compression, right? That you're not, you know, have this huge picture and then you're trying to, you know, make it smaller or a small picture and you're trying to blow it up. So just making sure that you understand what is going to work best for your theme uh, and for your different platforms. So what I do is that I repurpose content and I resize it. And that means putting a little bit more effort into making sure that everything is in the correct spot because when you resize it everything kind of just moves around so making sure that you're looking at you know file sizes and quality of the work people want to see high quality so you know just looking at those different variations i don't have expertise in this in this but i found two blogs that uh that have a ton of expertise so i really do recommend that you go to the blog post. One of them is imagekit.io and the other is kinsta.com. And I went ahead and linked the exact blog post where, you know, all these things are uh, kind of, you know, laid out as far as, you know, what are the pixels and, and what you should be looking for. Now, another part of images is the load speed. You'll notice that if you load content into your WordPress site, especially videos, it's going to slow you down. And so you want to make sure that you're really looking at what images you want to use and how can you optimize them. So how can you, you know, there's plugins actually for this uh, where you load an image and it'll optimize it for you without losing the quality. So you want to make sure that you're looking for plugins that are working for you. And think about resizing images before uploading them on your website if, you know, if you don't want to compromise, you know, all the resizing and and all, you know, not knowing what it's going to look like at the end. I think Yoast has a really great, you know, resource listed. And so I went ahead and linked that as well. Also, I just want to pitch Ivory Mix. They have great content that is already sized for you. And just, you know, if you want to do reels or stories or um, Instagram posts, you know, whatever it is, they, they really do have a really large selection and it takes the overwhelm away from having to think about how do I resize this? What do I do? And so if you are a female entrepreneur in the online space, I really do, you know, encourage you to go look at Ivory Mix and leave any questions in the comment section because the first time I looked at Ivory Mix it was it was a bit much it really took me a long time to kind of figure it out and by a long time I mean like five hours so 
if you need any help and you have any questions, I'm here to help you. And, you know, Kayla, who is, you know, the business owner, is super approachable. And so she, she's the best resource here. And the other resource I just want to just want to pitch to you really quick is Canva. Um, you know, depending on where you live, um, at least here in the U.S., if you have a .edu account, like you're a student or you're a teacher or an administrator, you do get a pro account for free with your .edu account. If you don't have, you know, a .edu and, you know, you want to open a Canva account, it is free. This is not sponsored, by the way. Um, it is free to to open and you will be limited, uh, but you can also get a pro account. And for me, that pro account super helped. So next up is Google Analytics. Remember that Google Analytics is just one way to track how your business is going. There's other ways as well, but Google Analytics is free, easy to use, and widely used. So if you have Google Analytics or whatever software you use, please be sure to check it. I check mine once a month when I do the income report, but I do know people who just can't stay away from their Google Analytics and just check it throughout the day. Just know that, um, you know, whatever changes are going to be made, you're going to most likely be notified if you're part of like AREFs or, or another service that can tell you if a page isn't working or if a link is broken or if a picture is not loading. So those things you're going to be notified about. And um, I think it's I think it's okay if you want to check your Google Analytics, you know, more often than once a month. Just make sure that you are checking in with yourself and making sure that you're having a healthy balance uh, with your life and Google Analytics. The next really big chunk of this is website maintenance. So website maintenance means, you know, keeping up with your website. And this is an important topic, even if you have hired a web developer, because you need to have the same language as a web developer and understand the flexibilities and the constraints that come with a website. So if they're posing a challenge for you about you know why something can't be done, it's important for you to understand why it can't be done or the time constraints or you know the, just where they're coming from to better understand the work and the expertise that it takes. Now, if you are doing your own website and it's your first time like us, uh, then it's important for you to understand the different parts of a website and what you need to do to keep up with the, uh, with your site. So the first and main thing is going to be user experience. So this whole time, I need you to think about the user interface. So not what is happening behind the scenes when you go into the WordPress, you know, back end, but what is happening in the front end. Are people enjoying what they're doing on your website? Do they want to stay longer? Is the content providing relevancy and is it timely and needed? Is it fulfilling their goals and their needs? If all these things are met, then you have a pretty successful website. However, if, you know, if you 
make you know the picture smaller and you optimize all the things, but your users are just not enjoying their time on the website. You know there there needs to be a shift in priorities, and the priority is always user experience. The next point we want to cover is about website accessibility. So websites can be accessed using different sensory mediums such as sound, sight, and they provide different ways to navigate your website. Accessibility is very important to keep in mind while you're designing your website uh, because it helps ensure people with disabilities can access your website. So some tips to consider accessibility while designing your website is site structure. You want to design and structure your site and your content in a way such that it is accessible, it's easier to read, it's easier to go to, and the flow is, even the flow of the website and the articles is easy to navigate. Uh, You want to have text equivalents for images and stuff like that, uh, media that possibly can't be seen in a medium, uh, in one sort of medium, so you want to have an alternative for that medium over there like providing all text for images you may also want to consider enabling like a full keyboard access to your website some people just prefer to use a keyboard to navigate their website so for example they may want to use page up page down to scroll and stuff like that so you may want to go ahead and add support for those kind of things you have a brand with your website you want to ensure that your brand is consistent across the entire website even across like different parts of your website so keep that in mind and ensure to have some consistency across all the different parts of your website and just a disclaimer we we are not giving any type of you know like recommendation or legal advice Um, again you know broad strokes and really it's based on user experience you know think about keeping your website fresh and professional and make sure that you know anybody that comes to your website is able to access your website and get familiar with your content think about different users and the way that they're interacting Uh, with your website, whether that's through a watch or through a phone or a tablet or a desktop. Make sure that you're providing all of those different flexibilities, knowing that different people will access your site at different times and with different devices. And now for a break, stay with us. You know that I've been posting on bloggingbusinessowner.com for a couple of weeks now. And I've been very lucky to rank on the first page of Google in my first month of blogging. When it comes to ranking, my favorite tool to use is Phrase. They have a great AI and care about their clients. They take the time to get to know what is most important to you and consistently make improvements to their service, like their website's answer bot. You can find the answer bot and more when you head over to bloggingbusinessowner.com slash phrase. That's bloggingbusinessowner.com slash F-R-A-S-E. Hey, it's Anna, and the newsletter is open right now at bloggingbusinessowner.com slash newsletter. My newsletter is the most comprehensive service for blogging business owners. Each week, the newsletter focuses on strategies, features, and the benefits for online businesses. The Blogging Business Owner Newsletter is the number one way that I get to connect with you each week. Having the newsletter is what drives traffic to my site every single day. So dive in now at bloggingbusinessowner.com newsletter. 
bloggingbusinessowner.com slash N-E-W-S-L-E-T-T-E-R. That's bloggingbusinessowner.com slash newsletter. Hosting your website just got easier. With Cloudways, I was able to set up my website in no time. Their easy-to-navigate features make hosting a website a breeze. So stop by bloggingbusinessowner.com slash cloudways for your free three-day trial. Bloggingbusinessowner.com slash C-L-O-U-D-W-A-Y-S. That's bloggingbusinessowner.com slash cloudways. So as you know, I have been in the podcasting space for some weeks now, and I have been very lucky to produce successful episodes. If you want to hear more episodes, go to bloggingbusinessowner.com slash podcast. Access the one stop to subscribe to your favorite platform and connect with us online. That's bloggingbusinessowner.com slash podcast. I look at images online and I see a person who tried everything on the earth to add supporting content to their blog and social media. What I didn't know was that poor quality images damaged the brand deeper than a left swipe. Ivory Mix is a one stop for all of your stock photo needs that truly works for your business. I've used Ivory Mix every day since starting my blog. Go to bloggingbusinessowner.com slash Ivory Mix bloggingbusinessowner.com slash I-V-O-R-Y-M-I-X. That's bloggingbusinessowner.com slash Ivory Mix. Hey, it's Anna, and I want to personally invite you to try the ConvertKit free plan. It's time to tackle email marketing the right way. Go to bloggingbusinessowner.com slash ConvertKit. ConvertKit will help you start your mailing list in no time. That's bloggingbusinessowner.com slash convertkit. Another thing to keep in mind while you're working on your business is thinking about networking. Networking is basically forming a connection with your audience or with your users who are going to use your products and services. The more connections you have in your network, the more opportunities you can create for yourself and your business. While creating your own network of your audience, you want to ensure that you're genuine and authentic. If you have a genuine and authentic representation of yourself on the network, then people will or the audience will resonate with you and they will be more inclined to connect with you, to engage with you on your website, to consume more of your products and services. So this will lead to developing deeper connections uh, with your audience and your community and possibly it will open uh, channels for advertising. Uh, For example, if you keep doing this for a while and if you have a large enough network, Uh, For example, like if you have more than 3,000 followers on Twitter, uh, it might lead to a particular opportunity with a particular brand uh, that may want to promote their products using your network. So a part of networking is using strategies like cross-promotion. And cross-promotion can be various things. And let me just give you some benefits of cross-promotion. 
You can generate more income because you are in different places. You can improve improve your business and your career because people know more about you. You can increase your relationships with peer bloggers, other companies, other businesses, and other business owners. And people share your content. So those are really great ways and reasons why cross promotion is really great for you. Now, cross promotion can be anything like taking up a sponsorship, maybe having your own affiliate program, uh, building a quality relationship where maybe you're guest posting and others are guest posting on your blog as well, or maybe even retweeting someone else's tweet and adding more information to it or adding their story to your stories on Instagram and so on. So cross promotion is really important and can really help your business and build, you know, yourself and others up as well. Think about the relationships that you have with your peers. I want to step away from, you know, from your customers just a bit, but think about your peers and the circles that, you know, that are there to support you. So for us, it's going to be, you know, peers with bloggers and with business owners. So the benefits of keeping and making those relationships is about remaining connected with you know, your target audience. So they might know something that you might not know. And through conversation or exchanges, you might learn something more. Expand your social network that is specifically tailored to you. So by understanding more about where people are coming from, what their background is, what their interests, what their business is about, you may be able to connect with people who have similar challenges as you and even similar products and services. And allow your entire network to know about what's happening in your business life. It's always nice to have someone to talk about when um, when there's changes and you know when you're feeling really excited and happy that something's happening. It's really important that you share those moments. And I'm so glad that you know I have a partner in Chaitanya, and you know um, partners also in blogging in the blogging community where we can talk openly about frustrations and changes and how we get over challenges. And those are always great conversations. Maybe I'm not learning much, but maybe, you know, I'm just kind of relieving some steam or being a soundboard for somebody else. Now, if you're stuck or maybe you do have a circle and you know and, and you want to just kind of concentrate more on on your work and have targeted conversations considering a mastermind group is is a great option for you so a mastermind group is a group of people who come together to brainstorm uh, they want to learn something so there's usually an educational component there's peer accountability especially if they do like hot seats and there's a support system within one another so masterminds really range you can have a facilitator or you can take turns facilitating Uh, you can run it yourself or you can pay a fee to have somebody else run the group for you it comes in all shapes the important thing is accountability and support so being there with others and having others to uh, to lean on now when you 
do join a mastermind group, you do have the ability to make more income because you are understanding more about the industry and what works and what doesn't, and that may promote more income for your business. You could build interest in your company because now other people know what your business is about, and it might be helpful for them to refer someone to your business. It could improve your business and your career. Maybe you're using it as a stepping stone and you want to, you know, maybe take this on full time and that might be a way to do that. And you can build, you can find new clients and contacts to gain stronger relationships through them or maybe even themselves. Another thing to consider in your blogging business is your editorial calendar. Uh, editorial calendar is not just a time management tool. It will help you develop and execute your blogging strategy. So the whole reason you want to have an editorial calendar um, is so that you can like plan your blog post in advance and have the content ready so that it's just ready to go whenever you want to publish it. That helps you with content creation. And so if you give some time for you yourself to go over your content before it's published, the second time you go over your com- content while publishing it, it will be refined and it will be a lot better. So even that is important. Uh, the whole point of having an editorial calendar is to keep yourself in check. So suppose like every month you want to publish four articles. If you have it on your calendar, then you're bound to get to working on it. Um, write the article and keep it ready for your publishing date. Sometimes you might not make it and then you'll realize that you may want to change the frequency. So... That's something that you might improvise on. But in general, the editorial calendar will keep you motivated towards your goal of pumping out content. An editorial calendar is exceptional when you're trying to keep up with trends. So if you are in a fast-paced niche like social media, it is super important that you are on top of everything and making sure that everything is being you know published at the correct time time. That is really important for your business and for your business to keep alive because things are always changing. Now, even if you're in a slower pace business, it's still important for you to keep up with trends, whether that's a Memorial Day sale, Mother's Day, Christmas, anything like that is really important. Maybe you have something going on in your community that is really important for you. That is something that you want to celebrate and you want to be part of as well. So it's important to keep up with trends and with a content or an editorial calendar, you're able to schedule those things in so that you aren't having to, you know, pencil them in as you go through the year because we all know that a ton of things are missed that way. When you put them in your editorial calendar, then you just have them there waiting for you and you can start to plan, you know, before it happens. Now, some of the things that you might want to look at with your editorial calendar is looking at keywords. So making sure that your keywords are something that is going to be used and something that is going to be catchy. For example, if you're using social media like Instagram or Twitter, you want to make sure that you're hashtagging whatever it is that you're being a part of, whether that's a parade or maybe a demonstration, then you're hashtagging the right thing. 
Also, you want to look at keywords so that it is matching with the theme of what's going on in you know, in your niche uh, so that you're able to rank and be discoverable. Another thing that you want to keep track of while working on your editorial calendar is consider how you have laid out your writing process. Uh, This writing process could be complex and difficult to maintain because it has a lot of tools that you'll use. It has a lot of different things that you'll do while you're writing. So, pumping out quality content editorial calendar uh, helps with this because you'll have things ready before uh, like when you're actually gonna publish your posts now one of the best things of using an editorial calendar is that you're able to pump out high quality blog posts which is really important you want to keep your readers entertained and formed you know, whatever your niche is. So with an editorial calendar, you're able to delegate maybe some of those, you know, smaller tasks like Memorial Day. Maybe you could have, you know, your team help you out with making content for that because it's, you know, kind of sort of evergreen content where, well, it's seasonal content where it happens every year. So there's already a framework for it. While you can take that time to invest it into content that really matters for you and your readership. Now, as you're crafting your editorial calendar, you will need to look at evergreen content, which is super important for your business. Now, I understand some businesses don't have evergreen content, but the reality is that most people can look at kind of the broader sense of their business and like look at the the niche and see what are those you know evergreen content that they can talk about kind of like their pillar posts those would be um evergreen content so for example for me it's talking about ways to make money and why it's important uh, how to have a website how to publish content right those are things that you can talk about in december and january you know it doesn't matter and it's always going to be relevant i'm sure that you can think about your business and think about what are the conversations that we can have all year long and are always going to be relevant. Of course, you'll need to update it, you know, with the difference in technology and times and so on, but it's not going to, you're not going to have to start from scratch. So make sure that you're identifying evergreen content versus seasonal content and then content that, you know, you just want to do for fun. Now, the next part of this, and and we're giving it to you in chunks so you can kind of, you know, look at what main topic you want to focus on. And then we're giving you extra, you know, the small changes that you can make. Let's talk about professional development. So professional development is something that we all go through, especially on the online platforms. So we're constantly learning, constantly adapting, always looking for a solution and making sure that we're attracting and maintaining uh, our customers. So professional development can look very different for different people. Uh, But one of my favorite ways to get professional development is through mentorship. So when you have a mentor, it's usually someone who has an expertise in the field, whatever, you know, that may mean. And 
you kind of just run things by them and just get their input and see what they think. What are the next steps? You know, how is, you know, one move going to be perceived and what's a better way to strategize around this? Mentorship, I think, has really, you know, helped me to propel my personal career and you know it's the same with blogging it's you know i i get mentorship even with blogging uh where i get to sit down with someone ask them a specific question and i get to get their input uh so it's a really great relationship to have uh and i encourage you if you haven't found a mentor you know look for that mentor and really that mentor doesn't have to be alive um they can have Past and maybe you're reading their books. Um, maybe you are connecting with them with you know their annual uh, cards or letters about the business. Uh, there's different ways. So even if it's not someone who you know is currently living, that's okay. That could be a mentorship as well. On this topic of professional development, another thing to keep in mind is about being relevant. So. As bloggers nowadays, you have to always keep uh, relevant about your niche, about your topics. Uh, you have to keep in touch with your niche so that you're uh, putting out content there that is relevant to your audience. Your audience doesn't want to listen to things in your niche that are probably like two years old. They want something that's new, something that you have opinion on and is new and would add a lot of value to them. And in general, if you have a set schedule and if you feel like uh, you need to take some time off of your schedule so that you can get up to date with your niche, um, I would think that's a time well spent. So you may want to even consider that in some cases where it takes a lot of time for you to keep relevant or keep updated with your niche. We're going to switch gears now to business administration. And this is one topic that I love to talk about, uh, but, you know, it, it's it's different. It's, you know, talking about it and actually doing it is very different and everybody has a different rhythm. And so we're going to talk about it in general, uh, but everybody is an individual and I would love to hear what you have to say about how you how you run your business thank you so one of the big things that I want to talk to you about is outsourcing and this is something that you may be thinking about maybe you're not thinking about it but this could be a small <laughs> and very big change that you can make into your business so outsourcing is when you have somebody else do a work for you so this could be full-time employment it could even be a freelancer like on upwork or fiber so thinking about outsourcing is you know really thinking about your communication skills and ensuring that that the brand is consistent and that you are still providing excellent service above and beyond with your support there's a lot of good reasons why you would want to outsource and there's also also reasons why you might choose not to so thinking about the tasks that you think are better leveraged by somebody else with a different expertise is important but if you know if you hold the knowledge and you know you think you you can you know do a, a good job you know, while you maintain your boundaries between your personal life and your business, then, you know, go right ahead. I think one of the things with 
outsourcing is like with writing. You know, even when you outsource things like writing or even websites, it's, you know, there's always revisions to be made. And that's something that we just have to be in peace with that it will never be perfect. You will always need revisions. Um, and things are going to change all the time. Maybe the keywords that were used, you know, while writing have dramatically changed now. Uh, I know that happens a lot in finance where, you know, you might, when you were writing the article, maybe a stock was up. And now when you're publishing it, the stock is super down. And so it it's just things that you kind of have to, you know, make sure that you're adjusting and that you're humanizing those changes as well. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, we know that you are a blogging business owner or an aspiring online business owner. So if you're aspiring or you're just stuck on how you can make money online, one of the ways that you can do that is through affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing is when you promote a a service or a product of somebody else and you take a small commission or you know whatever your agreement is with the company for promoting their product or service that's one way you can do it and honestly you can do that on day one uh, it, it usually works best when you have a relationship with your customers uh, or I'm sorry with with potential buyers uh, but you know you can start with affiliate marketing today. Another way that you can make money while you're running your blogging business is by running ads. So you could use things like Google AdSense or Amazon's associate program, uh, Taboola and other ad networks and other ad things to monetize your blog. Other than advertising, um, I would say that if you have a blog and if you can write a newsletter, a newsletter is also a good way to monetize your blog. Basically, it will be like similar content, except it would be like more tailored towards your newsletter and it will be like possibly at the same frequency but that yeah you can just monetize your blog using your newsletter the first question is what tools can help bloggers succeed okay so we have a full list on the blog post but just off the top convert kit is something that you can use for free to start your email list, which is really important. Even if you don't get someone to sign up for your email list within the first month, that's okay because you are at least putting it out there. You're at least giving someone the opportunity, right? So you're doing something, you're reaching out and someone's, you know, bound to come and subscribe. And so just making that first step, I think is really important. And like Chaitanya was saying, you know, you can use other software like Substack, Medium. You can use so many, you know, to just grow your newsletter. It's just that, you know, ConvertKit is really easy to use. It's, you know, fun. Um, it's really user friendly, especially for newbies. And it it's just, it's just easy and it's free. You could always scale up. ConvertKit is super powerful. But, you know, if you're just starting out, the free is like more than enough. So another frequently asked question that we encounter is how to ensure that our blog stays relevant. Thinking about this a little bit, I think like there is no perfect way to answer this question. But like we would recommend you to look at your analytics, uh, things like Google Analytics, because like uh, you will over there, you will see what pages are being frequently visited. 
suppose you have like the top 10 pages from Google Analytics that are being cons- consistently visited by a lot of visitors that's a good hint to you for like basically keeping those pages relevant and updated all the time also you may want to look at your social metrics suppose there are a couple of pages that are really popular on Twitter or Facebook so you may want to keep them updated too the next question is how to start a business with no money <laughs> So there are several ways that you can start this but really the easiest way is free promotion. So starting with a social media presence is super important. And honestly, you can build your email list from there as well. You can instead of a bio link, you can go to ConvertKit and have a landing page that says something like website you know um is being built or something like that and then you know sign up for the newsletter while you wait or you know sign up for the for the wait list or something like that so that's a really great way to do it um and just you know sharing photos videos you know stock images whatever is going to work for your business i think that's really great is is just to get out there and just start i think it's the the biggest thing The next question is how to use one small daily ritual to tackle a big goal. So if you are a blogger or a business owner, I think one small ritual that you might want to incorporate is just looking at a content that is similar to yours. So if you own a auto shop, looking at websites of auto shops, you know, that are similar to you so that you can see, you know, what they're doing, what's working for them, and also leaving comments and you know, letting them know, you know, how much you appreciate what they're doing. If you're a blogger, you can look at blogs and see how, you know, how they lay out their website and and the content that they're adding. This builds a sense of community in your sphere um and that enables collaboration and just getting to know people which i think is is a really great thing another thing to consider is um favorite physical activity that would help you motivate uh with your daily journey towards blogging so for example for me and ana every morning we go for a swim and we really like that activity it motivates us it keeps us energized all day long and it's really enjoyable and pleasurable so we have that daily ritual that keeps us going every day you've done a lot of work to get your blog off the ground and it can be hard to know how you could grow even more that's why we wanted to share with you our list of 30 small challenges and things that will add up to big success for blogging business owners like yourself. So we hope that these tips uh, help guide your future marketing strategy and we want to hear from you. So which items on this list do you think are the most relevant and what are other ways you would suggest growing your blog or your online business in today's world? Thank you for connecting with us. It's always a pleasure and privilege to share time with you. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform where you can consume our podcasts and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and comment on the blog post. You can find the show notes by going to bloggingbusinessowner.com/shownotes. I'm your co-host Anna and this is your co-host Chaitanya. Thanks for joining us and listening to us today. I hope you have a wonderful day.